What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hello, it's Dave here and I'm with my wife, Kathy. Hello. And we're with uh, a returning special guest, Kathy's mother, Linda. Hello, Linda. Hey, hi, everybody. Who has flown in for the birth of our child, which has still not happened. <laughs> so it's essentially turned into just a holiday for me, yeah. Which, yeah. Is, which is how bad. So how we're bad. currently in Walton on Thames, uh, sitting down, relaxing, just had a bit of lunch. And our baby, we think it's payback for all the times we were so late for the cinema and missed the start of movies. Our child is now nine days overdue and has no intention of coming anytime soon. Yes, we had a great tweet from listener Ningers who pointed Ningers. out that we're always uh, always late for movies. Uh, that if we played the first five minutes of a movie to the baby, then it would probably show up then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're not going to be late for this one. No, we're it's early. Because it's 3 and the billing time's at 3. Okay. So we are going to see the Limehouse Golem. Um, which is a <laughs> the look on Linda's face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do well, you think this is about? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Let's admit, it's a really weird title. It's I have a really weird title. It's based on a novel which was written by Peter Ackroyd, which none of us have read, um, but it's quite beloved. And Mom's actually our Bill Nighy correspondent now because he's the star of it. And last time Mom was on the podcast, we went to see Their Finest, which yes. is also the star of so be interested in your opinion on um, Bill Nye's performance yes. in this one. But I'm really interested because Jane Goldman wrote the screenplay. She's a really good... Is that um, Jonathan Ross's wife? It is. Um, it's nice of you to categorise her as um, a wife before her accomplishments. Oh! That's not, what, <laughs> not at all my intention. Oh. Yeah. She's the writer... Okay, well, yeah, for the she's start the of it, she's the writer of Kick-Ass yeah. and Stardust. And Kingsman. Uh, yeah. And Loads she's of married scripts. to Jonathan Ross. Yeah. No, Jonathan Ross is married to her. Okay, I yeah. like it. There we go. She there we go. Did, I, did I pull it back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you pulled it back. <laughs> the possessive um, wife. <laughs> So she's a really good writer um, and she tends to write about really good female characters so I'll be interested to see how it's written. Is Bill Nighy playing a female character? No. Um, so this is a Victorian era thriller. Yeah. I believe. And it's something to do with Jack the Ripper. Is it... Uh... I don't know. I don't know much beyond who wrote it. Um, and we're all excited because at the moment we're all obsessed with Line of Duty all three of us and one of the guys from Line of Duty season three is in it. We yes. noticed. So yeah, we're particularly the excited. played Danny. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're definitely in murder, mystery, detective mode. Even yeah, Kathy and I are kind of sinking at the moment. We're even reading the same Dublin-based murder mystery yeah. novels. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm we're ready for this. I am curious. because all ready for this? Yeah. I'm just remembering Bill Nighy when I talked about, about that last movie that I thought he was exceptional, but I, I think he always plays Bill Nighy. I, I never like see a huge difference other than he seems to fit nicely into different roles so be curious to see how he is in this yeah this is a very rare non-comedic role for him yeah because he's usually just got that 
you just you just look at him and he's comic. Yeah. So I well, don't he's got know. very distinct affectations, doesn't yes. he? Like Jeff Goldblum and uh, Christopher Walken. He's got a certain sort of speech patterns and mm-hmm. movements and, and mouth shapes. Yeah. He just makes a shape with his mouth, and you know what's going on. Yeah, I've never seen him in a non-comedy, so this is interesting. But yeah, we should go. So we won't I be late. See him, okay? And I want. And I, Gosh, it was something like we bought a castle or something. It was a weird Irish movie, I think, where they he bought some rundown castle. Did they buy and a he castle? Was, hmm? Yeah. Anyway, sorry, but it was a very weird movie that I didn't watch the end of because it was too weird. And was he in it? Yeah, he was. He was a serious guy who sort of dragged his kids. But like we'd had a conversation about not schooling your kids. He just had them running around living in a castle. Okay. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Was it a sequel to We Bought a Zoo? No, but that's a good movie. That's actually <laughs> yeah. a really good movie, despite its title. I loved it. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, all right. Let's go see uh, this, and we'll see you on the other side. We'll see you. On the or other you side. won't. Or we won't, because we'll have had a baby in the cinema. This in is which, in which case, you'll never hear this introduction. <laughs> <No>. Exactly. <laughs> this baby's so late. We've had two trips to the cinema. Yeah, now. it's ridiculous. All right. Bye. 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 I'm Inspector Kildare of Scotland Yard. I'm investigating a series of deaths. They're calling them the Limehouse Golem Murders. At Ratcliffe Highway, he slaughtered a household. The previous week, a prostitute. And the Golem's a madman. Even madness has its own logic. Inspector Kildare, I may have found an eyewitness in Limehouse, sir. I can't tell you what I know. Just assist me. I promise I won't let anything happen to you. Right, we're just out of the Limehouse Golem, taking a stroll down Walton on Thames. Firstly, as always, we are not going to spoil this movie for a while. Uh, we'll turn on to Spoiler <laughs> Street in a bit. Um, but firstly, uh, let's get our general thoughts. Uh, I'm going to go to Linda first because uh, yeah, I noticed you were asleep for maybe <laughs> more than half of that movie. <laughs> I, I don't know whether it was more than half, but I would first of all like to review the cinema the most comfortable cinema I've ever been in. I sat down and I had a couch and cushions so I lay down and then fell asleep. I think that was was your first mistake was lying down. (laughs) I think it's more of a reflection of the cinema than the movie. Uh, Um, But it was very warm and dark and cosy in there. Warm and dark and cosy and I don't know, I kind of found it gloomy the the whole mood of the movie. The Victorian era, the deprivation, the poverty and The violence. Um, it's grim. It was pretty grim coming out of the sun and and another like review of the town we're in Walton on Thames. It's really lovely. It's very yeah. bright and very. Linda, this is a cinema this podcast. Is a cinema yes, podcast. Cinema we don't podcast. review towns and okay. cinemas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there was. I, I'm talking about the contrast between this and, <laughs> yeah, no, and, right. and Death Town. Which did you was, like the movie? Oh, did I like the movie? Yeah. I can't say I liked the movie. Okay. No, no, I, I, I would say. No, I didn't like the movie. We should probably actually say what it's about, Cathy. Do you want to give it a quick synopsis? Um, and then I can review the town. <laughs> then you can talk more about the town. So it's about... Um, uh, well, there's two concurrent plots. There's a woman who's um, being charged with the murder of her husband. And separate to that, there's a case Bill Nye's investigating um, where there's a serial killer on the loose in East London in uh, Limehouse. <laughs> And there's four potential suspects, and he's investigating them. And he thinks one of the sus- he thinks that the killer is the husband of the woman. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and and then there's a lot of back and forth. Narratively, they move time a lot, so it's quite a disjointed film to watch. Um, I did enjoy it, and I kind of 
there's certain things that they turned on its head which I'll address in Spoiler Street which were interesting and I thought the acting and the settings were all very good but it was very disjointed and I found that a little bit tedious at points yeah I found the same I, I um, didn't, this didn't really work for me the movie um, the it kind of sets out to be um, a serial killer police procedural like very much like Seven I thought at the beginning it had that sort of tone and setting the serial killer leaving cryptic clues and yeah I was really enjoying that stuff and then they just abandoned it they kind of abandoned it to tell the backstory of um, the other protagonist uh, Lizzie who who was played by what was her name Elizabeth Olivia Cook Olivia Cook she's really good she's the standout of this movie by far she's amazing she's the real protagonist but it kind of just tells her story and I think Bill Nighy and his constable and their plot becomes the B plot um, and it's it's kind of forgotten about and that was for me the more interesting stuff um, rather than sort of getting flashbacks of this woman's horrible horrible life growing up in, in grim Victorian London well see I thought they were equally interesting but I didn't think they merged them well enough yeah they were too disjointed from each other well they do they do they, there is overlap but yeah they, it doesn't happen until much later in the movie so they do feel very disjointed so yeah and also and I guess the, the ending about a half an hour into it <laughs> and uh, and then just everything that happened just kept confirming it for me so I, there was no surprise for me so I didn't it was just very paint by numbers very yeah it was kind of but I enjoyed the, the setting the, the Victorian stuff was kind quite fun I thought everyone was very good in it the costume work and the setting was interesting but it was very just I was just kind of just waiting for it to end and it was ticking along it almost felt like something that should have been like a BBC like Christmas adaptation like it, to me it doesn't feel like a, a movie that you need to go and see in the cinema no I wouldn't bother it, like I would have picked, I would have thought it was a TV mini series if I had to guess you know if I had just seen it on TV one night it's worth, it wasn't it's worth very to watch cinematic. at home a year from now yeah. I'd say on some wintry night but she's a great actress Olivia Cook. she's standout I feel really like really standout and we she... saw her in Me Earl and the Dying yeah. Girl as well was the other thing and she was amazing in that um, so I think she's a real rising star um, but well, Linda tell us more star. about this town and what you like so yeah. much about <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm over the town now <laughs> um, now I'm interested in the movie I also had guessed the ending shortly after I woke up Good. Um, so I wasn't surprised and I think we'll talk about that in a minute we'll talk about that yeah. later but the bit that um, and just to get back to what I said before about Bill Nye he, he was very different in this movie yeah. he mm. was extremely serious and depressive and low energy so he was very different so I'd like to say like he pulled that off really well and the movie largely became about his obsession to clear her so he had some sort of a but they didn't go deeply enough into what was driving that yeah. right up to the end he was he was totally obsessed not with truth but with having her Free. Exonerated or free, so, so there was therefore he he was obsessive with her husband being the murderer, so that he could prove that she murdered him as yes. a retribution. And, and at some point, and I know we talked earlier about how we're obsessed with our all watching Line of Duty, which is about uh, corruption in the police force. It's almost like he was blinkered by his passion for releasing her, that he wasn't even doing good police work. Um, but I thought he was good. I thought she was outstanding. There's something overly theatrical for me around, the, like a lot of the with the music hall. I find mm-hmm. it crass. Yeah. I don't know why. I find it crass. Yeah. It almost hurts me looking at some of that garish music hall scenes. But they did it really well. It was considered 
lower lower entertainment, wasn't it? That musical stuff. Oh but yes, it yeah. was very working class entertainment. It's a very yeah, very interesting setting because I don't know a lot about that, but it is yeah, it's very like it's body sort of bordello type of uh, theater, isn't it? Yes. But it was just I thought it was just crap. Like <laughs> it was crap. from from a. But it's like circus. <laughs> like it's it's like close closer to circus and pantomime than what we'd call theater. Yeah, we yeah. should say Lizzie is an actress, so this is why we're talking about the theater, and she wants to be taken seriously as an actress, but she's very much known for being a comedian. Um, um, I did think that the the movie had some some interesting things to say about the media, um, and the way it felt very much reflective of today's society. And that even then the tabloids were very much a thing. The press were like interfering with investigations. Like there's a it, there's a very early scene where they're at a crime scene and there's just people like milling around on the crime scene, like in in the house. Uh, the press are getting in there. Um, the tabloids have uh, uh, throughout this woman's trial, throughout the story, you sort of get the sense of how the tabloids have have well, the tabloids built her, her up and then knocked her down, which is what tabloids love to do to people. Yeah. So she's the toast of the tabloids, and then the next day she's a complete villain. So, and it was also what I enjoyed was because obviously you know today's police procedurals we watch all about you know forensic evidence and all that. Obviously, in this, there's no such thing as fingerprinter. Or anything like that. So they they're all touching everything. So they're only they're like the clue in this movie is the handwriting. That's all they have to go on, which I think is quite funny because surely you could alter your handwriting or pretend you're left-handed and write differently. And um, all the suspects have to write out a certain passage. And I enjoyed how they told that every time they read a different passage from the murderer's book, they reenacted it quite in a quite a cool way. I think. Yeah, there were a few nice touches in yeah. here. Yeah, and it was oh for me it was just overly directed and overly done. Like it was too stylized and there was too many different things going on at the same time. But the word that it is parallel with today when you talk about that, the whole the the media and the reporters, there was also this thing that the murderer had written in the diary saying, and I think he was um, quoting to Quincy Thomas to Quincy or to Quincy, but anyway, but he was saying it's the public's thirst for blood. Yeah. that makes the crime possible you want blood you want to see the blood so you're responsible for the crime I'm committing which was very interesting in the context of what happens today with that whole obsession with, with tragedy and with hype that we almost create the disasters that we're yep. looking at yeah. and it makes people famous as well exactly that five minutes of fame which yeah, is interesting. Uh, so there, there is I think there is some interesting thematic stuff here but it's not really enough to, to hang to hang a movie off and the, the because it sounds like we all predicted the plot very early on, yeah. then you're just kind of just watching a bunch of scenes. And you're when it's not enjoyable to watch um, a police procedural thriller when you're six steps ahead of the police. Yes, hoping right? they're going to catch up with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I did enjoy looking over and see Mom lying down asleep on the sofa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but we should go to Spoiler Street. Yeah. So yeah? Um, spoilers now for the Limehouse Golem. Um, so yeah, I mean, come on! It was obviously, it was obviously her from the minute that. Well, first of all, they showed you her violent, horrible upbringing, and then all the 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 diaries of the the killer were all about being famous and performing and stage. So it was like, and I know that the other suspects were 
actors and playwrights but it was like it was just clearly her because she was the only other person in the show who wasn't already a suspect that's why I guessed it not because of her violent upbringing but because I thought well it's obviously not one of the first suspects it can't suspects. be as straightforward yeah. as yeah. the first person we suspect there. Yeah. I just guessed it on the basis that there has yeah, to be a twitch same. it has to be her twitch <laughs> it has to be a twist. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be a twist it has to be her and I had read that some people say that you know um, there's like feminist tones to this because it questions you know that very classic British narrative of like the Jack the Ripper the serial killer who's murdering women mm-hmm. and you know that real kind of pornish element to like male serial killers and they're saying well this turns this on his head because it's a female serial killer I don't see that as being a feminist thing I think you've just made the protagonist female not male like I don't I don't get that reading at all from it and I also didn't really understand her motivations because she was already famous so I didn't quite buy that she, well, she did this to become famous. No, they set they set they set it up with her the little line she has with Dan. What was his name? Her mentor. Um, after she's gone on her first date with Jonathan Cree, he says, "We're only ever be comics. They'll never take us seriously." Oh no, she says it. She says, "We're only comics. They'll never take us seriously. We're gonna be we're gonna be forgotten about." Do you know? So. Um, it's but all about it was it was all about carving your name in stone. Which but why was she if she wanted to carve her name in stone and be a famous serial killer? Why is she fanning around letting Bill Nye figure it out up until the eleventh hour? Like, what was the point of any of that? Okay, I think she wanted she wanted to be she wanted him. She was confessing to him, and I think she wanted him to tell everyone. Yeah, was, but why? Why it? didn't she just tell everyone? Why is she pretending that she's this? Yeah, why I don't is she know in court letting herself be? on the borderline of being hung it made no sense yeah. that, that last piece made no sense yeah that was slightly confusing her final final motivations were slightly confusing. it was very confusing I found the end I could barely follow it and then why did <laughs> at the very end when they're reenacting her story on stage why did her friend um, conspire to murder someone else on stage that just I was lost oh, at that point because he wanted his moment of fame he wanted to play the starring role but he could oh, have always that? played it. It was his theatre. Yeah. I didn't understand. <laughs> oh, you so you think he did that? I think... He- oh, he did it, yeah. He, did. he murdered her. He oh, murdered oh her. really? Yeah, he said, oh no, we forgot to check the safety. I thought that was just a complete uh, coincidence myself. No, he conspired to kill her. And like, I initially thought as well, oh, it's because he wants to be the star of the show, not her. But then actually I thought, well, he owns the theatre. He can be the star <laughs> if he wants. She's a nobody. Why would he have to thwart her? I don't know. It sounds like we're all as confused as each other. Yeah. But ultimately, I don't think it really mattered, did it? No, but no. it was a bad end to the movie because it, it was just weird. And I, I know in the book, he's he's the title character. It's, I forget his name. Dan and, something. And the Lighthouse Gollum. So I guess in that sense, it makes sense it would end on him. But in the movie, he's not the title character. And I was like, what, That's what true. is this? He had the opening line in the movie, though, and the closing line, yeah. essentially. So maybe he just got underplayed in the in the film adaptation and yeah. he was more significant. I, th- I quite like that actor that played him. Yeah, he was I good. He was good. But the end, I just really lost me. Like I thought the last five minutes were just silly and dull. And it's a shame because there was loads of good elements. And I did enjoy lots of the script and the performances. Well, then I also, I personally almost feel a bit bad, almost like I didn't give it justice. It was a sunny afternoon. It's not quite what I was expecting energetically. And I think there might be a time or a night or a winter by a fire that I'd like that movie. Yeah, I think yeah. it should have been a winter release. Yeah. I think it's weird they released it on it the 1st of August. It just didn't feel right for today, so no. 1st of September. Or it's out since August, is it? 
that just oh, no, came out. Oh no, sorry, first yeah. of September it came out. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I almost feel like I'm not doing it justice, like I saw it on the wrong day and it had a lot of intrigue, but didn't work for me today, if that's fair to say. Yeah, no, fair But enough. this town, five stars. <laughs> <laughs> and for the cinema, oh my God, five stars. It's funny there because were. our last episode we went to the cinema as well and we also raved about how comfy it was. Yeah, very nice. Yes. Um, all right, let's leave it there, unless anyone has anything else to say. Thank you, Mom, for returning. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I think stellar performances is what I would say. Really intriguing acting, and I'd say give it a shot. Don't be completely guided by where <laughs> yes. we're at today. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. good movie. Good movie. Yeah. Good, good yeah. movie, good cast. Yeah. All right, yeah, don't bother is my... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say watch it at Christmas if you get the DVD off yes. somewhere. Yes. All right. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening. Okay. If you... Um, if you made it this far, if anyone's actually seen this movie and is uh, is listening in, let us know what you thought. We're at uh, at the Cinemile on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. You can email us thecinemile at gmail.com. and uh, please leave us a review on iTunes if you have five minutes because that massively helps us get noticed. Yes, and um, to leave a review on iTunes, you actually have to search for the podcast whether you're not subscribed to us. Sounds like these dogs are leaving us a review. It's not good. Um, so you have to search the cinema and then you can leave a review. Um, and thank you to our recurring... What's this, Mom? Your sixth, seventh time in the podcast? I, I, it's many times. Yes. You're an old hat at it now. She's First favorite. time you've ever slept through most of the movie. Uh, and hopefully next time we, we speak to you all, we'll have a, a baby. Well, I, either way, I'm not, not going to the cinema again this pregnant. It is not comfortable. <laughs> no. All right, bye. Okay, bye. Bye. He who observes spills no less blood than he who inflicts the blow. It's a message to us.